Beautiful. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Halloween. They have a new album called Halloween, which released on eight, June 18th via Nuclear Blast Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Michael to share some more information about this release and what the band has got coming up and going on. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah, well, hi, everyone. Uh, it's, it's, it's a new album, and it's like uh, Halloween, self-titled. And yeah, it contains lots of uh, groovy stuff and whatever, and speedy stuff and melodious stuff and whatever. Everyone's raving about it, so we must have done something real good. Whatever there is. Whatever there is. Now, people are raving about it. Does that surprise you at all, Michael? No, not really. But you know, you could be you could be a bit less lucky. You know, like more unlucky. And then it's like you know, if everybody likes it so much, and then they they keep saying that, you know, the you come to a point where you actually believe it. But then, you know, I I, I think we've done a super great job. It's something to really be proud of. And well, if even the people say so, you know, we're all in in good waters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you're in the Canary. You're in the Canary Islands, so you're in good waters over there. Yeah. Or surrounded by it. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, yeah, any good is a different question, but well, there's waters around it. <laughs> More water than I have, that's for sure. Jeez, Louise. Well, you can change that. Yeah, I could. I could. I really could. Got to get my wife on board. All right. Crewy stuff, melodic stuff, speedy stuff. Did you guys sit down and think about or plan out what kind of an album you guys wanted to make? Or is this just how it happened? It's just how it happened. I would guess that everyone involved knows a great deal of, you know, what, what this band is supposed to be, what it sounds like. And then everybody sat down, I guess, with their with uh, respective uh, home equipment, studios, whatever, and started doing some good demos, you know. And uh, when we met in April at a hotel, like the Darius and me, we sat down on the bench to have a smoke and was like, would you, would you mind listening to my new stuff? right, on my iPhone, and then, yeah, you know, play me this one, and, oh, this is so, this is good, you had some great ideas, oh, you want to you wanna listen to my stuff, oh, well, sure, and, oh, we're going to have a great record. Mm-hmm. That's how it went, you know. <laughs> like, someone had some pretty good melody ideas here, yeah, mm-hmm, you too, oh, oh. So it was. And, that's and we had all the stuff already, you know, all, all the stuff you see on that album, we more or less already had uh, during the first meeting, where everybody exchanged demos, and we sat down in a little room, you know, where you were not supposed to smoke, and then you would have to open the window, you had to sit on the window still, because it was like the, the, the lowest floor, the floor floor, and then... Uh, yeah, it was like there was someone coming by, you know, but you're smoking too much. There were like, you know, there were complaints from, from, from other inmates over there, you know, who said like, you're always smoking and it's, it's coming up to the rooms, to the windows. And yeah, and we're trying to have like a demo listening session here. Yeah, you, you really must not smoke so much. Whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, whatever, man. And, uh, it took some time till the Kai Hansen came up with the Skyfall, which was more or less finished then by November, December, which was like another point in time where we met in Hamburg to have uh, a pre-production period, right? And And so that's when that was. And then drums were started, recordings were started right after. And that was that. So Skyfall was the first completed song? No. Oh. It was the last completed song. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but we've been doing that pre-production time there because like he said, he would like to have some of that pre-production time. And then, I mean, that's always pretty heavy on, on everyone's nerves and you're getting into details and arrangement and whatever. And then your head's buzzing in the uh, in the end of the day, right? And then you go home, going like, "Oh man, what, what did we what did we do today? And and where did we cross? What was like the changes and stuff?" And then on the next day, you go there with like a set of different tracks to be treated. And then, well, he had the sky for for ready by them, kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the music video right now. For Skyfall. Yep. How did you guys do this video or come up with this video for Skyfall? Well, he kind of had an idea for like a video concept, which he passed on to the video producer, who, by the way, is the same guy who did all the recent covers except for the actual one. And he also did a few videos with us, like, for instance, the Nabatia one. And, and another one stuff. So it's, it's not that he's been doing that business for the first time ever. So we also knew him from before. And so then the Kai Hansen goes there and says, like, you know, I got this video concept with, like, little aliens. And then I'm thinking of the Hangar 18. And, and you know, there's going to be, like, a flying V playship, uh, spaceship, playship, spaceship, playship. Spaceship. Playship, ship, playship. And there it goes. And that's how it went. And, yeah, well, I mean, we met in Germany, uh, in Heidelberg, and, and, and there was some, I don't know, some kind of disco communication center, civic hall, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, like, you know, filmed all that stuff. Mostly green screen. Yeah, I'm watching you guys morph. Yeah. Watching you guys morph and do things and become things. And I imagine yeah, that would be definitely do. be a lot of green screen. Yeah. Very cool stuff. And I love the production level on the record. Did you guys, you mentioned uh, recording at home for demos anyway, but because of the pandemic, did you guys still record at home and then send it off to get mixed and mastered? Or did you? That that was the case, but that we've, we've always done before. And it's like, uh, it's it's been the, the, the way we did most of the productions uh, recently, like the last few five or six albums. And uh, that 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 is an option, right? But on the other hand, we had most of the stuff finished, which was uh, usually recorded well under the supervision of the Charlie Bauerfeind or the Dennis Ward or a guy called Eike, who was also responsible for Kai Hansen's solo triple X output a few years ago or months ago, whatever. So everyone was recorded by like an engineer or producer or whatever for most of the time. 
and then whatever was missing afterwards, which which wasn't so much because we had around say ninety percent or a little bit more finished before the lockdowns came, right? And then at least here we were still permitted uh, going on, so I could still go to the studio, take a taxi, and then you know record something there with a Charlie every day, which was needed and necessary after all. But I mean, the majority we, we had already done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful, sir. Now I'm curious, just because I'm a gearhead myself, I'm, what guitar is sitting off to your right over there? Is that the guitar on the record? That's the one that you hear on the Out for the Glory. That's the rhythm guitar for Out for the Glory. And if you if you recognize, uh, let's call it V-typical solos on that record, I use that thing for the V-typical solo. <clears throat> and that's like a custom-made uh, flying V guitar made by some guy, uh, VIV Guitars in Hildesheim, Germany. Because uh, I I felt like I want to have some of these, so I got two of those, and this one was used, and then there's like a Cherry Sunburst uh, 58 Les Paul reissue that we used for almost all the rhythm guitars. Just that blue thing here you, you hear on uh, Out for the Glory. Okay. What kind of, mm -hmm. what kind of pickups are in that bad boy? That's, um, that's a Heusel 59. Uh, how, how do you call these things? Like... like uh, Paths, right? Like like a fifty nine er paths, mm -hmm. and they sound very much like the original fifty nine er paths you would find in in, for instance, a fifty eight or fifty nine Les Paul. So <laughs> they were very similar. I mean, to to use for for the work on the album, and then we also used the Parker guitar, like a Parker Mojo Fly from nineteen ninety. Black one looks kind of like a Les Paul. If you're looking for a comparison, it's not these ones with like the the sticky thingy nosy thing up on on the top. It's it's uh, it looks like a Les Paul more or less, and it's made out of fiberglass almost completely, and there's only a few pieces of wood worked into the body at strategic points where like the scientists of that company that doesn't exist anymore would know where to put them for harmonics and stuff. Mm -hmm. And all the rest is made of fiberglass and that thing sounds like a violin. Like a violin from 1780 or whatever equipped with uh, path pickups. It has a Jeff Beck pickup and a jazz pickup on the, on the, at the neck position. And it sounds like something. It has all the freaking harmonies and frequencies you could possibly think of in a guitar. So it sounds like if you had like Jimi Hendrix and and other guys and, and all the King guys with their semi-acoustic guitars from 1947 play via like some Fender cabinet or whatever it is. And it sounds like a real old, old, old guitar with all the harmonics you can possibly think about. And that we also used for lots of melody and, and twin vocal solos. Mm -hmm. mm. Probably good for some clean stuff too, I imagine. 
Yeah, for that we had another blue uh, Telecaster, which was built by another guy in, in Germany. Uh, he's like the guy who takes care of the guitars, you know, to make him playable for a tour or whatever, service guy with lots of experience. And he built like a blue Telecaster for me. So with humbuckers inside, with the same very humbuckers, by the way, that I mentioned before. That's what we usually took for clean things okay. when, when I was Actually, the Sasha would use other guitars for clean or whatever. Yeah. Now, tricky question. Whoa. Very tricky question. If it's the same pickups, how different does it sound? About none. I mean, they're, they're all like very, very similar. All these, you know, if you go for paths, it's a path. And then it's, it's built that way, you know, with like a bit of the insulation of the cable inside the windings, which gives it like some extra tweak in the highs or whatever. And that's just like the, the main property of these so-called PATH 59ers. They were wound differently, right? So they, they still had like the, the thing inside. Whereas the ones after, well, that's, that's where the, the coverage of the cable is outside of the winding. And so that's what makes it different. Okay. Sometimes you don't need all those highs. So I also like uh, creamy, whatever, Jeff Beck pickups, which could possibly be the best ones there are. Or you have that combination of a Seymour Duncan SH4 and SH2. That's really cool. That's what Sasha came up with. He said, like, the Michael Schenker is using that combination. And then we tried that too on that airbrush V of mine that you can see sometimes during shows. And that has like SH4, SH2. And it's amazing. Probably the best thing for life. Why is that, Michael? It's because they are just like very, let's say, round, rounded up for, for whatever. Then, then because of the SH4, you have like a little less winding. These pickups are less hot than, for instance, a regular puff would be. Puff would be hotter. So then when you go there with a the cable and lots of amplification and uh, ambience, well, the guitar would possibly go or something like that. And the SH4 wouldn't really do that so quick. And still, if you output your amp properly and you have a nice setting for whatever, that's like the most dependable thing for a live situation, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Right. I agree. Now, I guess another tech question. Amps. What kind of amps are you using on this record? Uh, we have uh, Fender Sidekick 10 watts, which is like a transistor one. And, and we're talking profiles here because like these, these amps we have, yeah, they, they, they range from the old one from the Walls of Jericho to, to, to other Marshall MK2 ones. That, that I have collected in the meantime, that were all sampled and, and uh, profiled by Sasha, Gerstner, and uh, Charlie Baufeind. And then he puts these things into his camper amp, and then he's using that for the very production. And so what you get to hear this time around is a variety of, of all kinds of marshals. There's also some kind of gray uh, slash 
whatever marshal which I used to have, like the, the same very thing I had during the Keeper 2, but then eventually it got sold. And that's also what you get to hear on the Keeper 2, the same very Marshall gray amp that's switchable in between 50 and 100 watts. Mm -hmm. So I like to use the 50 watt and there's like, there's different views about what is more desirable, whether you go 100 watt all the time or you go 50 watt. I prefer the, the fuzziness and the, the warmth of a 50 watt regardless, but that's just my taste, you know. Other people may think different and do whatever they wish because I'm not going to go there and tell them otherwise. Yeah, walk in the room and say, hey. Yeah, hey, guy, I mean, that's wrong, you know. Don't you record 100 watts? Are you fucking out of your mind? Yeah. Sorry about the fucking... Whoa, whoa. We can, are you freaking... Are you... Are you, are you God damn it. <laughs> No hundred what here where I am, you know. I said it. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm up here trying yeah. to go over demos, and you guys are recording at 100 watts. Yeah, man. How can you? No, that's what we actually did on the Keeper. We always switched in between the 100 and the 50 because we thought 100 is cooler for Risen, right? And I don't mind, you know. I don't care if it's up to me, you know. I go, like, record 50 watts all the time. Whatever you can also you can also record forty watts or twenty watts uh, or thirty watts if it's like a box AC thirty. Mm -hmm. We also got amazing profiles from that of that amp that I I'm happy to own that was used in a track called Time with Andy Darius on the Better Than Raw. Well, we tried to do some Pink Floydy recordy stuffy, and then right after the amp died because we. We gave it a little bit too much punch on the on the clean side, and then it would like disintegrate right after the recording, which was fine. That we still got the solo from it, and then it got repaired, and we profiled it, and we used that many times for solo parts and melody parts and stuff. Fox AC30. They're good amps. Yeah, it is. Right now, I have a black star, blue, black and blue, you know, and I love that thing. It has like the Celestian Vintage 30 speakers, and it has two times six L6 black plate. And that thing is amazing. When I put it on, I had no equalization settings or whatsoever. Just put the guitar in there, and I put a little bit of gain. And boom, you had like an old Marshall. It was just like, I mean, you have that setting in between US, American and UK sound and whatever. And I felt like, okay, this is some kind of old MK2 Marshall or even better because it has a lot more gain. And you can play that at like a minimum of volume here at home. I mean, I have a few neighbors and some would eventually call the police because they don't know me and I just hear some noise coming from here and then they would go like, this guy is making too much noise at this time of night. And I would have him removed by the very police if I could. So I think I better call them. And then it's like, to avoid that, you know, this amp is like minimally loud. Just like you, you could can set it to like a minimum level of no one's going to hear it and still sound great. Mm. Yeah. 
I love Black Star. I'm on their website right now looking at the black and blue. Yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful, and I love it. I just got it because it's black and blue, because I have so many black and blue things. I right? see. Like, yeah. for instance, this ashtray, this mark, right? This, uh, this lighter, mm-hmm. it's all the kind of sky blue, and this very guitar over there, right? Yeah. And this small lighter, Ooh. right? Yep. Yeah, sehr and gut. Then, and then the, then the Black Star amp, too, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. natürlich. Yeah. Fear of the Fallen. Fear. Yeah, what about it? What can we say about Fear of the Fallen? It seems a little different than Skyfall, a little bit. Well, it, it has a similar sounding word in there, like when you go Skyfall, mm-hmm. Fallen, mm-hmm. goes kind of like Fall, right? So it's like a repetition of words. Man, that's that's so bad that you would tell me this now, you know, I, I wouldn't have... It would have taken me some more time to find out we have fall in there twice. Yeah. Man, that's bad style. That's bad style. Why, why didn't anyone say that before? We got to change all the cover artwork now. Mm-hmm. No, but it also, it's also kind of like, uh, you know, which way to go? What do you want to believe of what, you know, you're, you're, you're being made known by whatever instances, you know, you got to decide which way you want to go. No, it's like uh, go into that little house with uh, the little door and the little gate there, you know, where there's like munching claws and stuff inside, you know, do you want to walk in there if someone tells you, you know, it's all right, you know, you just get killed quickly. Or you're going on the other side, you know, where there's a little hut with like uh, cuddly little doggies. And uh, who go wincing, going like, and you got to decide where you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Or stuff. I'll choose. And that's what uh, the OS is trying to express there. I mean, it's your choice. You know? <laughs> this is the way you're taking. Decide. You know? Yeah. I was kind re- of groovy, kind of swing. Yeah. It could have been played by a swing orchestra. Could be another release of the album where you guys do that. Yeah. 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 Prague is affordable these days. That's another release, yes. (laughs) Next release is going to be Best Time. They, They just made a video for it. And then at the end of the year, I don't quite get the sense and why, but maybe there will be like some good reason. Uh, There there will be supposedly um, another animated video for Out for the Glory. So that's going to be the the, the four tracks I know about that have been or will be released this year in the run of this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, singles, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, singles, kind of singled out tracks. Is that uh, is that something you guys decide, or is that more of a, a record label decision? What the the singles that come out? Kind of all of it, but on the other hand, I mean, for whatever track you pick to do something with, there's there's always kind of like um, understandable reasons or reasoning for why that would be a good idea to pick one or the other track. No. 
And then you can go like, hey, we picked this track, and then someone goes like, oh, they didn't pick my track, oh, or whatever, you know. But then, as I said, there's always a good reason, you know. Don't you cry, everything is fine, you know. Your other track in the future will be picked eventually if you do it fine, you know. But for this time around, this track was picked because. And then the goes are, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm satisfied, I'm better now. Mm-hmm. No, you got to chat it well, out. Yeah, it's just like eventually record company management band itself. No, and then it goes like we all think that that track is super, and so that's why we put it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good when you have super tracks, you know. Yeah. Cause, yeah. 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 I mean, if you were fear of the sky falling. Mm-hmm. You could do a mash between the two songs, Fear of the Sky Fallen. Yeah. And then after that, you've fallen, you'd be down in the dumps. Yeah, that can happen. That can happen. Yeah. And so that's why it's there, you know, just in case. Yeah. Or you're like indestructible and, and, and you don't even care. Because you're having the best yeah. time because you're out for glory. Yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, we could for, forgot a few, but you know, I'm 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 not feeling like like making up any other any other puns? pseudo fun things. No, because like for angels, I I wouldn't know anything clever to say. But no, excuse me. Well, they rise without chains on their way to the robot king, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you. You're doing just fine. Oh, so just keep going. Thank you. It's uh, amazing. Oh well, thank you. I'm, I'm a dad. I guess it comes naturally. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. See, I'm not a dad, and so I mean, you, you must always like, you know, yeah, prevail mm-hmm. over. And and I mean, you're a native speaker, so whatever. Yeah. Like you're in your home, you know, like where you belong. So. Mm-hmm. Just, um, thank you. I'm you glad. Everything at your at your disposal. I mean, you can just keep going. Yeah. Beautiful. But what I will do instead, Michael, is I will uh, thank you for coming on to the show today. Uh, yes. We chatted about a lot of stuff. We chatted about exchanging demos for the album. We chatted about the album's a mix of groovy stuff, speedy stuff, melodic stuff. We chatted about... He noted that. He noted that. Incredible. Yeah. Those, yeah. those legendary guitars that are no longer made that were that spice of the early 90s Parker 50-watt uh, versus 100-watt Marshall amps and the debate that rages on between, do I want my distortion a little more broken up? Do I want more headroom in my distortion? Mm-hmm. But it is distortion after the less all. Distortion, the, the better in, in the production, and the, the less distortion you have in a, in, a, in a good environment or ambience or whatever, the, 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 the more poundy it will sound afterwards, or the, 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 the more aggressive it will come across, and the, the more expensive it will sound. That yeah. we found out. If you take too much distortion, it's going to sound cheap and flat. Yeah. It's very hmm. true. Path pickups. And then we ended with the Black Star Black and Blue Amp, which I thought was a neat little addition. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I had to order it, and I got it from them directly. Then it got shipped here, then it got held up at the customs. The customs sent it back within a day, even though we immediately went there to get it. But, you know, there was no help. They already sent it back to England. And so I had to wait another one and a half months till it would eventually come back here and then I could finally take it. That's how things run yeah. in times of COVID. Yeah. 
Good old customs. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Michael. This is the Michael Bycast of Halloween, and we're on the Rock Metal Podcast, you know, and I just wanted to thank you for your interest. I don't know if I can say stay tuned or what applies to a podcast. That works. That was great. You've done that before. 